and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Amen. Amen. So can we welcome Pastor Gio as he comes and just ministers a word? Thank you, guys. Wow, what a time of worship. Listen, I have, um, I have a few things I want to say and then I really want to pray. I almost didn't even get up and preach, but I really feel like there's an admonishment for us as a community to receive from the word and then pull on the word. How many of you know there's a receiving and then there's a pulling? It's both. We receive the word, but then there's a pulling on the word, which means we lean into what's being released, not by the person, but by the Holy Spirit. How many of you feel that during worship there was a pull? Three of you, good. Well, do the other 200 will get there. But listen, there is a pull and there is an engagement with the word of God that makes the word of God come alive in us. So last week, um, we received the word. How many of you enjoyed the word last week by David Bradshaw? Man, what, what a word. He talked about the Lord's Prayer. He didn't even know that we were in a series on the Sermon on the Mount. And that's what we've been unpacking, right? What does it mean for us to live a Sermon on the Mount lifestyle? We believe that the kingdom of God has a culture. A culture is the way a, that a, a, a kingdom is expressed, right? So there is, a, there is a culture to God's kingdom. And what we want to do is we want to experience His culture. And we want that culture to, to, to infiltrate this culture. How many of you know this culture has a lot of issues? Are you alive? Listen, we can start praying right now. I got my oil. Look, I ain't playing. I really just felt like, like if we could engage with that word, because one of the things that he said last week for us as he stood on the stage is he said, I really feel like you guys need to prepare. Like you're in a season where God is saying, prepare. Don't let it come and then you, you not be ready for what's coming, which beckons the question, what's coming? If we're preparing, I think it's important for us as a community, as a spiritual family to ask, what are we preparing for? Because many of you guys have been in church a very long time. And when you hear a word like revival or outpouring or whatever, X, Y, Z, God coming in and manifesting himself, it means very different things to, to, to many different people. But I think we need to ask God, God, if we're preparing, what are we preparing for? Can we agree on that? We want to know how to position ourselves and how to respond to his leadership. I felt that during worship. I felt during worship like there was this invitation for us to continue to step into what he has for us as a community. As a community, we have four pillars. We, we always talk about hosting his presence. We talk about family. We are a people of prayer, but the very last one that we always talk about is revival. We believe that there is going to come a day, I have a conviction about this, where God is going to pour out his presence on Tampa Bay in a way that goes above and beyond any person. It goes beyond any worship team. It goes beyond anything. Listen, for, it's, it goes beyond a dynamic personality. It goes beyond throwing money. You can't throw money at it. There's not enough money and resources and allocations that can happen to manifest what I believe God wants to pour out. The question is not whether or not it's going to happen. The question or not is whether or not you're going to be a part of it. That's the question. Like, do you believe... And do you have faith that God wants to transform a region? Revival is not about a full church. Revival is not about how many services you're doing. AMC packs buildings in and out every week. Is that revival? Is life transformation happening as they're partaking of Thor? It's not about how many people you can pack in a building. And it's not even about getting the right song and emotion. It's about us being caught up and the person of Jesus taking center stage. It's a reprioritization. Like you reprioritize your life around him. It's not about is God first and what's second. It's is God at the center. Is everything we're doing, is our families, our ministries, our businesses, all of it's good. But is it revolving around the person of Jesus? 
And I believe that as we engage with this and as we ask God, it's like, it's this thing like, God, you have access to everything. And there's a tension, there's a pull where God is reconciling his children back unto himself. He's drawing us back and he's giving us grace. This is not a condemning thing. This is not a, you're not good enough. This is him calling us back as children. Will you come to me? And will you allow me to lead you so that I can have my way in a region? I'm stirred by this. I, I, I feel like I've spent my whole life with this aching of God. There's got to be more. I'm thankful that you took a kid who came from a broken home and had all these issues. I'm thankful for that. But salvation is the entryway. It's not the end game. Heaven, when you encounter heaven, it transforms you. But now you become an agent, an agent of transformation. You become this cry. This is what it says in the Bible, that in the last days, the spirit and the bride, which is us, there's a harmony. And the cry of the bride has come. You heard Covington say it. We long for you to come. We long for you to come. There's a longing inside every single one of us. And for some of us, there may have been a season where we longed for that. We're like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate and I have a zeal. And I want to say to you, it's not God's will for that thing to wane. I believe he's turning up the, he's turning up the ache and the desire. And we're, 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 we're reprioritizing our schedule around, God, I want more of you. I'll stay up later. I'll wake up earlier. Whatever it takes, I'm not going to hold on to offense. I'm going to let all of it go because I've read the stories. How many of you have read the stories? This is what messed me up, man. I, began, I grew up and I gave my life to Jesus in a church that was big. And it, there was a lot of activities. There was a lot of programs. But yet I remember in 2011 sitting in front of a computer watching these people worship on a screen and wondering why do they worship him like that? There was this drawing where God was like, listen, Gio, there's more than just singing songs and trying to produce a moment. It's like God, even in that time, was manifesting himself as real. And it led us on this journey because I would read my Bible who says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And yet we were laying hands on the sick, but there was no recovery. And I had this conviction, if there's an issue, it's not on God's side. Listen, we all, listen, if you're on Facebook, you know, we were all praying, you know, you know, Benny, Bill Johnson, Bethel, all of them, we were praying for Benny. We prayed and they've seen so much. And then Benny passed away. Let's just talk about it because we have to talk about it. She passed away. And the temptation is to create a belief system in our moments of disappointment instead of saying, God, we need more. See how that's hard? Because you're like, I don't know how to reconcile that. It's not about reconciling it. It's about trusting that he is good. It's about holding the plumb line. I'm not going to create a theology or a belief system about God in my moments of disappointment and despair. We're going to continue to contend and believe for all the book says. And we're, we're going to hold the line. We're going to hold the line. And I know it's awkward because we've made, we have made church about how comfortable you can be. And then the question we have to ask is, in the, in, in the means of making you comfortable, how uncomfortable is God? How much cushion can we put in the seats? How low do we got to turn the AC? Do we need to preach a message that makes you feel good? And the truth is, the gospel message is about you dying, but it's the best message ever. Because what it does is it delivers you from you. 
It delivers you from the fear of man, from the needing to try to measure up, from the lure of wealth and money and trying to measure up, and it frees you to fully be everything God has called you to be. Revival is not a series of meetings. You don't get to make a logo and pick when revival happens. It doesn't work that way. It's a contending and a pushing. When nobody else, I really don't care if there's 500 people in the building. I got enough staff members that I know at least 10 of us are going to be contending. But we're not going to stop pushing because we grow weary in the pushing. And I remember when we first came into this region, the first message I ever spoke was about the remnant. God raising up a remnant people and having faith that what God did in Wales, that was the first message I spoke in Tampa. What God did in Wales, he wants to do it again. And people looking, you know, some of you, listen, in Wales, there was a breaking out of the spirit where there was a guy named Evan Roberts. And he prayed for 12 years and the prayer wasn't for revival. The prayer he prayed for 12 years is, God, I need more of you. That was his prayer. God, I need more of, I need to encounter you in a significant way. So one day he's in a service with just a few people and there's an evangelist praying and the, pray, the guy praying says this, bend us, Lord. He released that prayer. It wasn't Evan. It was a guy who was traveling through praying, bend us, Lord. And the Holy Spirit said to him, that's what you need. How many times have we been in services where we felt the Holy Spirit drawing us? Some of you, you're about to experience that. In, in 10 minutes, God is going to, he's going to speak to you and there's going to be an invitation to step in. The question is, will you humble yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to rearrange the furniture of your heart? Well, if God wants to do it, he could do it in my seat. Stop that. That's nonsense. When did we stop pursuing? The Bible says as you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. It doesn't say as he draws near to you, you will draw near to him. As you draw, he draws. There's this, there's this principle in scripture. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, seek my face, then I will. You see the principle? If you will, then I will. And so we sit back in our services in America. We're like, well, God, if you want to do it, you can do it. I'll just sit here. I believe what he's doing in our community. Listen, he's inviting us to contend. People, people in that time in 1903, 1904, when they would fly airplanes, as soon as they crossed the border of Wales, they could feel God. Businesses, bars closed down. Nobody attended soccer games on Sunday because they were about being with Jesus. What would this look like for our region? I want to paint a picture. What would this look like? Because last week we prayed this prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now those words have to mean something. It beckons the question, what's happening in heaven that's not permissible on earth? Let's talk about it. In heaven, there is no depression. In heaven, there's no sickness. In heaven, peace reigns. Everything comes under the lordship of the person of Jesus. And what he's wanting to do is he's wanting to establish that kingdom here. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? It's not about how do we apply this word to our heart so that we can just make it through life. This word gives us the ability to thrive. To be able to, I wish you had faith. It gives us the ability to step. That's why it says, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. But what purpose does salt have if it loses its saltiness? He says, you are a light set up on a hill. But who puts a basket over the light? 
Meaning, listen, you are called. Say me, me. Not just Gio, not the staff. You are called to be salt and to be light and to rearrange and to shift and transform regions. Your job, your family, your home. If there's darkness, you are planted there to push it back. Do you believe that? So there's a culture to this kingdom. And I believe what God is calling us to is to step into contending. It's to continue to push. You're like, I don't know how to do that. That's okay. It's okay. I think it's a hard thing. It's not about can you say the right words. It's about are you willing to engage? Some of you, man, there were seasons in your life where you were burning and on fire. I'll say it again. You were burning and on fire and it has waned because religion has worn you out and you got burnt out by by staff and by church and by X, Y, Z. And God wants to release a zeal in you again. Do you hear what I'm saying? I was you. I remember 2013 saying to my pastor, I will never do this again. And I went from working at a church to weighing turkeys at Winn-Dixie. I'm like, how did I get here? I remember. I remember saying, I don't want to go there again. This isn't a heaven or hell issue. I never stopped loving Jesus. What I stopped was believing God for more. Yet I would read scriptures like, taste and see that the Lord is good. And all of these scriptures that are released and this cry in David's heart, I'm like, God, I want to burn in that way. I don't just want to go through the motions. I don't just want to play church. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? I'm going to be 100 years old preaching this message. I don't, I don't care. I'm not going to back down because it doesn't happen. When it, I will die preaching the message. There is more. There is more of God. It says we are to exhaust the inexhaustible. <laughs> Think about that. There's a God who is inexhaustible and he's calling us to try to exhaust him, to experience him, to, to, to know him. And I want to say to you today, religion is robbing the church of this. It's robbing the church of this. It's robbing us. The competition and the gossip and the division is robbing the church of glory. The disappointment and the discouragement where God speaks to you and we lack resolve. We lack the ability to hold on to his word. I'm talking to Geo, not at you, I'm with you. Where God speaks, and because we live in a microwave society, if it doesn't happen in a minute, we let go of the word. But he's calling us to have a resolve, and he's giving us the grace to walk this thing out. I'm telling you, mark my words, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. God's presence is going to, there's been so many dreams. There was just a dream given to us. I got to share this so you have faith. There was just a dream given to us where there was, there was fire upon Tampa and the fire went from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast. But it started here on the West Coast. When I hear that, I'm like, yes and amen, that's us. It's not just us, but we get to play part in it. For those who have faith, I believe, listen, the Bible calls God an all-consuming fire. Some of you have issues asking God for fire. It's who he is. I am an all-consuming fire. I don't know what you're going to do with that, but it's in there. He burned with passion and zeal for you. And I I could feel this tension in the room. We were like, I'm tired. And just let the young people do it. And we're just happy to be in the room. But I'm telling you, it's going to take a corporate family crying out, come God. But we're asking God to birth in us a hunger for the word. 
where we're open, our hearts are open to repentance. Not just when a pastor preaches and we respond, but every day. Search my heart, oh God, if there's anything in me. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's, there's a container where God can pour into because they've emptied themselves. I'm not going to fill myself with the garbage of the world and medicate. I'm going to allow, I want my heart to thirst for God. Can I get some agreement? I almost preached out my voice. It's been 15 minutes. But man, I'm gripped by this this morning because when David said it last week, it's not about David. It's not about David. If David was here, he'd say, it's not about me. But when somebody comes into our house and says, you have to prepare, the question becomes, what must we do? And I can't stand up here. I want to say this. I can't stand up here and tell you what to do because every one of you have a different life, a different anointing, and a different way of doing things. I can stand up here and say, wake up every day at 5 o'clock, and for some of you, that would be the greatest level of hell. So the question is not, Geo, give me the principles on how to engage with God. The question is, we need to ask Holy Spirit, how are you leading us? Amen. What are you saying? What doors do I need to close and what doors do I need to open? Listen, some of you, you've allowed yourself to lay dormant too long. It's too long. It's too long and you're afraid. What happens if I step out? The better question is, what happens if you don't? What happens if you don't? I remember stepping out. Man, I remember being in a service, stepping out in faith to go to Africa, and we had to raise so much money, and we were like $3,100 short. And we went to go preach our last service, and they invited us, and I'm like, all right, God, I believe you're going to do it. And I preached a sermon. They took no offering, and I was like, well, there goes that. I put the whole flight on my credit card. I was like, by faith, I'm going. Boop. I did it. I was just such a conviction. And I'll never forget, the service was over, and I was like, listen, God, I'm here for you. You know, you do the holy thing. I'm here for you, God. I don't care. Here for you. And I'll never forget the pastor standing up on the stage, and he was crying. He said, listen, during, during worship today, the, the, the Lord told me that we were to give you all the offering for the day. And it was like $3,150. <laughs> That's a great story, but it requires a lot of God. Are you there? God, everybody thinks I'm an idiot. God, nobody understands like why I'm taking my one-year-old to a place that's infested with malaria. Everybody loves the Africa story until you find out you don't got to take a shower. Like you can't take a shower for a month. Like there, there are things that God is calling us to. And sometimes we, we, we like to, we want to talk about the assignment of God. And we say, well, it must be God because it's easy. I don't know where we got that from. Like, when did we start to assess the assignment of God by the openness of the assignment? Matter of fact, if you begin to read in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, listen, there is a broad road. It, a broad road would mean easy. Everybody's on the road. Everybody's going in the same direction. Life is easy. There's no resistance. But then he says, there's a narrow road. There's a broad road and it leads to destruction. See how quiet it gets? Because nobody wants to be confronted with the reality is if we're feeling no resistance, then we may be going in the same way of everybody else. So, so it robs you from saying we're a peculiar people because you're the same as everybody else. To be, a, to be a kingdom carrier and to walk in the ways of Christ, to be a disciple of Christ is going to cost you something. It's going to require of you. And what I'm praying for specifically, I'm going to say be vulnerable right now. I'm praying for men. 
I'm praying for men that would be raw and vulnerable on their face before the Lord saying, God, will you touch me? For men that would like, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to come. Victor, bless you bless me on Sunday, bro. I'm just going to say it. His response to the Lord on Sunday morning, last Sunday, blessed me. Because we just don't see it. We don't see people that are just willing to say, I don't care what anybody thinks. Right, wrong, or indifferent, I'm going to engage with God. Forget what you think about me. I'm not going to stand before you when heaven splits open. It's going to be a really poor excuse. You're standing before the Lord. I was just really worried about what people thought, Lord. <laughs> let, me say, let me say a couple of things I wrote down during worship because you're looking at me sideways. So I, I wrote this down during worship. This question came to my mind. Have we been doing church in a way that's more for man than it is for God? And have we been doing church in a way that scratches our religious itch but doesn't call us to the depth of the Father? I want to make something really clear. None of this is available without experiencing the love of God. It is the love of God that draws us. You can hear a message like this and try to muster your way into it, and it's going to lead you to striving, to disappointment, and burnout. Mark my words. Write it in your journal. Tattoo it on yourself. It will lead you to burnout. Because apart from the love of God, it is the love of God that sustains us. It keeps us vulnerable, and it keeps us tender. I don't care how many people you heal. I don't care how many prophetic words you've given. If your heart's not tender, I'm going to question. I don't care how many scriptures you know. I don't care how well you can quote them. If you go home and you talk to your wife and kids a certain way, I'm going to question. Because the Holy Spirit produces something. And it changes and it transforms us. And these are the company of people that God is looking, says the eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro for a people whose hearts are fully committed to him. That looks like something. And I believe that his eyes are on us. Do you believe this? His eyes are on us. And it's not a condemning angry. I believe for me, it's like, Gio, do you really believe what you're saying? Are you going to stop when the crowd doesn't go? We're blessed. Listen, 90% of our crowd goes. But I want to say, I know this. There's going to be a day where there's going to be people in this building or in our next one that are going to make you uncomfortable. They're not going to know how to worship the right way. They're going to have a nice funk to them. They're going to have demons because they're real. And God is going to draw them. And can you still burn when that's going on? Can you still pursue God and make way the same way somebody made way for you before you got here? Everybody comes in the prayer room now and we contend on a Wednesday night. But I remember when it was just three of us in a room. And we would question, is this even worth it? And we felt then what we feel now. God is watching us. He's spoken to us and he's watching our response. And the question is, do you really believe what I'm saying to you? I'm saying to you today, there is, a, there is a grace for you to be healed. You don't have to live under that depressive cloud that is stopping you from engaging with God. That is causing you to make accusations about God that are just not true. They are not true. It's not who he is. And if you would just surrender and die to your will, he could accomplish his through you. <laughs> Three amens, praise God. <laughs> but I really believe this. I believe, I believe that God, he's positioning us. 
And I really, when, when I pray that prayer, I pray it often. Psalms 23 and this prayer have been the most, the most prayers that I've prayed often. And every time I get to that, your kingdom come, your will be done. I'm like, God, we're not even close yet. Could you imagine if the glory of God fell on this property in such a way that all of these housing communities here were just flooded to us? It's possible. It is possible for us to continue to believe God where it's not let's send out mailers or let's see how good we can get on social. It's a bunch of crap. If we're going to come, let it be because God drew them. Let it be because there was a pull on their hearts that said, I don't know how I got here, but something is drawing me. There was a declaration a couple of weeks ago. A gentleman came forward in the altar and he was declaring this, God is here. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys heard it. It was right there. God is here and it shook me because we pray that. God, let that be the narrative for a by church. The Lord is there. Ezekiel, at the end of Ezekiel, he said, the city was called, the Lord is there. That's what I want. I want to know that God dwells here, that we've created for him a habitation and that we've, we've spoken a message of faith for our kids that stir them and cause a fire in them. We're not, we're not teaching them principles on how to build ministries and carrying on the orphanhood, but we're giving them a vision and a picture that there is a really big God that wants to do really big things through them. There's got to be something else to say in here. I do want to read this scripture and then I want to pray. We're right on time. In James chapter one, it starts off in verse two. It says, consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience, not just through hearing it, but through experience, which means you're going to go through something. Can we agree? The testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, but, but it's leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. Meaning as you walk through trials and you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, it's producing something in you. Say amen. amen. It's happening right now. It's happening. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. I want to say, because some, there's some, some people in the room, they're like, I just don't know how to reconcile what you're saying with my situation. James 1. Let God's work be perfect and complete in you so that you may be a person that when he pours out his presence, you can be full of oil. You remember when Jesus gave a parable of the foolish virgins? how they were waiting on their bridegroom and then five had oil and five didn't and then they tried to get oil from the ones that had oil. Like, no, 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 I, this is my oil. I can't give you my oil. This is where we find ourselves. There are those that are asleep and they're in slumber. They hear messages about revival and they're thinking about what they're gonna have for lunch. And there are those that are saying, God, I, I need oil. I don't want to be full of the garbage. I want to contend and believe you for oil. I want to be full of that. I don't want to be found lacking. And I'm not going to go into condemnation and shame. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead me, to fill me, and to put his fire in me. <sighs> because in Acts it says, in the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all people. I believe that. Like we're coming into a day where God is going to pour out his presence upon all people. 
There will be dreams. There will be visions. And it's going to be a glorious time. I know the narrative the news, feed, the news feeds us. And I know all of the negativity that even in the church is perpetuated. The post-Christian era and all this stuff. I just don't, I don't receive it. Do you hear me? I don't receive that. I believe that as God comes, it is possible for sex trafficking to dissipate. I believe that we can have real solutions. David said it. Bless all of you that contended for Roe v. Wade and it got overturned. Now it's time to adopt. Ah! Now it's time for you to stop praying for a miracle and become the miracle. It's time for us as a people to really have real solutions to the real problems that are going on in the world by the Holy Spirit. But it starts with us contending. It's not just going to happen, guys. And it's not just one week. Every week I wrestle with this, man. I feel the Lord saying, Gio, end with praying and contending. I'm like, Lord, again, but I don't know if they're going to go there again. That's the inner wrestling within me. But what if we got to the place where we just knew when we get done with service at Abide, we're going to, we are going to contend. We're going to pray for our region and we're going to allow God to touch us. We're going to allow him to transform us, but we're going to believe for a greater narrative than what happens on this property. We're going to pray for our churches in the region. We're going to pray for the prodigals in the region. We're going to pray for the prostitutes in the region. We're going to pray for the addicts, for the young people in the region. And we're not going to stop until we see heaven move. We're not going to stop. We're not going to stop. I know every time I preach a message like this, there's like this. But I felt this. I don't really even know who this is. But hey, the band can come up. Yeah, it comes there. During worship... Um, I felt like we were to pray for, for, for healing because we got a word on Wednesday night that, that the Lord really wants to break out in healing. Like, like for real. Like we're going to continue to pray for it. We're going to continue to pray for it, but we're going to share a testimony. But I also felt this. I felt like there's reconciliation. It says he's given us a ministry of reconciliation and there's a restoration and God is wanting to not just restore physical hearts, but emotional hearts. And as I was worshiping, there was a date. I felt like there was a date. <laughs> this is a step of faith for me. But the date was this 091001. And I felt like there was a restoration and a reconciliation. And that it would be a sign and a wonder to someone that God hears them. And God has not forgotten them. And specifically that He is near. So I don't know. I don't know who that is. I don't, I don't even know if I should call, but it was September 10th, 2001. 0910. Does that mean anything to anyone? Anyone? Okay. That's your anniversary. Well, let, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are specific. And what I heard was that it was, to, it was to be a sign and a wonder that you are near, that you hear, that you restore, that you renew. So Father, we, we come into agreement with whatever the need is, God, for a complete restoration, that the ministry of reconciliation would be released, and God, that you would pour out your presence. God, you are near. You are present. 
We bless them, Lord. We thank you for emotional healing. Not just, not just for her, but even in the room. We thank you for lifting. For a lifting of weight. Oh, we just want to pray. If, if that's you, if there's any like weight, like an emotional weight that you've been carrying, would you just lift up a hand? Let it be a sign. Father, in Jesus' name, just a few minutes. If, if that's you, can I get my prayer team right now? We're here now. We're going to pray. Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God, we, we ask for a lifting off of a burden. And God, every word that has been spoken and every accusation over them, God, we cancel it. And we bind the assignment of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. And we ask you for a restoration of heart and for faith to arise in every single heart for them to know there's no situation that's too far gone we pray grace by the holy spirit to be able to persevere let god's work go all the way all the way let it produce something god oh you're near you are near just receive. We receive from you, God. We silence the voice of the enemy that brings accusation against you. I feel like even people have said things about you and it's caused you to question. We do not receive that. for physical healing. Keisha, will you come up? I want you to share testimony. I'm going to have Keisha share testimony because testimony builds faith for us in the room. If you're praying, you can stay. We're going to pray for a couple more things here. About five years ago, I was rear-ended in my car and I had to see a chiropractor. And I started attending here faithfully in January. And at the end of service, Tiffany had asked for anyone who needed healing in their neck and shoulder and that was me and I did receive my healing and I have not been back to the chiropractor for seven months amen it's important for us to build a culture of faith but also to respond to respond I remember I remember being in Africa and actually it was in Mexico and seeing God turn blind eyes through just giving a hug. God is so much bigger than we think, ask, or imagine. He really, he really is. So if you're in the room, I think Tiffany has some words of knowledge. We want to share those, and then we want to pray for you. Even if there's not a word of knowledge, we want to pray. Yeah, so I believe, um, I feel that the Lord is healing um, chronic headaches this morning. And then in worship, I got the word hormonal imbalance. Um, somebody who's either been diagnosed or you're just like something's wrong with my hormones the lord wants to bring balance to imbalance this morning um and then i also got the word neck again but i feel like there's just like a tightness in somebody's neck all the time 
which is probably causing headaches, but um, just a tightness, and the Lord is wanting to release the tightness and necks. Um, I also heard him saying that he was strengthening necks this morning, where there's like a weakness in necks, um, and then a realignment in a spine. And then I also got a word for self-hatred, that the Lord wants to deliver somebody from the spirit of self-hatred this morning. I just saw a picture of somebody, every time you look in the mirror, all you can say are negative things about yourself. And then even when you're alone, you just say, I'm so stupid, I'm so this, I'm so that. And the Lord wants to show you this morning. I just see him like putting the the pieces of a broken mirror back together. And he wants you to see yourself the way that he sees you this morning. So I'm going to pray. If any of those things are you, would you just lift your hand? So Lord, we thank you right now, God, for your healing power. God, we just thank you for the gift of healing flowing this morning. Right now, in the name of Jesus, God, I speak to imbalances and hormones and chemicals, and I tell them to be made right, right now, in the name of Jesus. God, I speak to the spirit of self-hatred, to deep insecurity, and I tell it to go now in the name of Jesus. To self-loathing, you have to leave in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, where there is low self-esteem, you go now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for eyes to see how you see your children right now in the name of Jesus. God, I tell chronic headaches to leave now, to loose your people in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for the person who's walked in here this morning who has chronic headaches that they will no longer suffer from headaches in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you for strengthening necks right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you where there's tightness. It's being loosed now in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you for realigning backs now in the name of Jesus. Where, where backs are crooked, God, we just declare them to be realigned now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for your healing power. We thank you, God, that you do the work that you do the work in the name of Jesus. I really wanted to pray for, I, I felt specifically to pray for those that are 30 and under to just lay hands on them. I don't really even know why, just, but I really want you guys to come up. Some of our young guys right here, you guys can come up. We want to pray for this younger generation. I want to ask some of my staff, but any of you that are desiring, you're hungering, you hear this message, you're like, God, I want to burn in that way. You can come, but I specifically felt for the young generation to come, but I just want to ask to just come. If that's you, we're just going to lay hands. We're going to anoint with oil and we're just going to pray and we're going to end. If you have to soak, soak. But listen, hold on one second. Hold on one second. I, I felt this while I was preaching. There are some of you that it's been too long since you've come to the altar you've resisted it's not it's not that your heart is bad but you've resisted and you've sat and i feel like the lord is saying it's time you step out you step out and don't put an expectation around what that's supposed to look like but step out in faith step out of the boat and let god meet you in that place but don't continue to sit week after week and just let it go by allow the holy spirit to make your heart soft so if that's you, would you just come? We just want to partner with you in prayer and say, God, I'm here and I'm willing. But if not, would you just stretch out your hands as we pray for these young people? I just really felt like, God, would you mark them? Just begin to pray all across the room. If I can get my staff, let's just start laying hands. 
let's just pray together for just a second then we'll lay hands father in jesus name father we pray that you would mark this generation with the power of the holy spirit god that you would seal them god that you would do something significant in their heart god the stories we've read about would you do it again would you even ignite in them right now god a passion and a zeal for more to believe you god for the holy spirit to burn in them like never before oh god would you ignite a zeal come on church let's pray we contend for every heart and every soul father we ask you for more we ask you for more would you raise up young levites would you raise up revivalists those that would burn with the fire of the holy spirit that it would never go out that it would never go out hey if some of the families of these kids are coming up i encourage you to come with them father for whole families to be touched by the power of the holy spirit would you touch them god we ask you for dreams and visitations by the power of the holy spirit we do not receive the narrative but we ask you for more for more would you burn would you burn would you burn more god more god more god more god more god we bless them we bless them we bless them for touching them oh God you've chosen them and anointed them give them a vision God may the fire on the altar never burn out we turn we turn we turn oh Jesus we thank you Father we thank you for more we thank you for more come on just a few more minutes we thank you for more
say something real quick I just feel like we've been talking about this contending and going past capacity I just want to just have a reality of what's going on here there's a bunch of young kids under the age of 30 up at the front and I'm not trying to rebuke but I want to be honest we can't sit here and lazily pray and expect them to get the fire we can't sit here and lazily pray and expect God to do something important in their lives we have to contend right now can we agree with that so come on band I want you to go all the way in and adults, I want you to go as hard as you possibly can. Because if not, we are responsible for this next generation. If they do not receive the love of the Father, and if they, if they go to hell because we wouldn't pray, we will answer for that. 
So let's stretch your capacity. Whatever you have to do, I want you to pray as hard as you can. It's not striving. It's believing and contending. We are warring for their souls, and we are warring for this generation to encounter the power and the presence of God. So stretch your capacity. And I want to say, if you are from Abide, don't you dare leave this church while they are in these altars. If you are from Abide, don't you dare leave this church while these young kids are in these altars. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are asking and we are waging war for the souls of this young generation. And we are asking that you will save them, that you will fill them with the Holy Spirit, that you will fill them with fire, that you will use them, that they will become preachers, teachers, evangelists, heralds of the gospel in the name of Jesus. Lord, that as their friends are going to hell, that they will snatch them out of the pit. Let them be like the word of the Lord that says, are you not the branch that I pulled out of the fire? Would you raise these young people up to snatch their friends out of the fire? Would you raise these young people up to walk in signs, wonders, and miracles and lay their hands on the sick and they be healed? In Jesus' name, would you spark the move of God in these young people? Spark the move of God, a real, tangible presence, power, and anointing. Let the anointing of the Lord fall on them. Let the power of the Holy Spirit fall on them. In the name of Jesus, oil, 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 oil. Break it with power. We break every demonic force over this young generation. And we say the Lord will have them, that they are the inheritance 
consume. So here we are, just a bunch of wild, crazy people saying, Lord, set us ablaze. Set us ablaze this morning. We are hungry and we are desperate, Lord, for you to set us ablaze, Lord. So here we are. Yeah. 
over this generation God those here and those in this region that they would come alive to the reality of the person of Jesus that they would burn with a zeal Father that you would loose them from strongholds of addiction and pornography and self-hatred and all of the things that are crippling the depression the anxiety the deconstruction all of the things God that are pulling them back and we prophesy life and we call them whole we call them whole even those that are stuck in the routine of religion and going through the motions, God, would you set them ablaze? Would you set them ablaze? We declare over them revival generation that they will go further and burn brighter than ever before. God, give us grace to speak life. Forgive us for any words we have spoken against them in frustration and give us eyes to see them by the Spirit. God, even for those in this room that we've prayed for, give them grace for consecration. To be different, set apart. Let it be normal. We cover them, Father. We pray for visitations, for dreams, for encounters that go way beyond any person laying hands on them. Use them, God, to transform their schools and their colleges and their workplaces. And help us, God, to be together. Jesus. Jesus. Hey, listen, we're not going to formally dismiss. If God's putting in your heart to pray through, some of you have children and prodigals, this is the environment to just pray and continue to believe. Some of you are being touched, just linger. But we want to encourage you to be respectful of what God's doing as you leave and have he has to go bless you but some of you just just pray nothing is impossible for those who believe and this is an atmosphere of faith thank you jesus I just want to briefly just thank us as a church for staying here and praying for these young people and maybe you're in a room of your life where i barely said any prayers i know what to say you're here and they see that and they see it and we need to make a declaration as this church that, that we're going to show a young generation what it likes to be crazy in love with Jesus. I don't, want, I don't want these young people here to go out in that world and see people more passionate about that stuff than our adults are in here about Jesus. I have this warring in my soul where I say two things that are kind of contradictory. I say, I, 
I refuse to let this young generation be more on fire for Jesus than I am. And at the same time, I say, Jesus, make them more on fire than I could ever possibly be. Come on. So we thank you for, for contending and warring for these young people. Let's just make a declaration that we're going to make this who we are as a bite. Amen. We love you guys.